Lovely to see all of you here. Um, the intrepid one, the, the brave ones who got up early after a late night. Uh, but what a joy to be in the house of the Lord with his people. Um, to start the year like that. David wrote, he said, my, my soul longs to go to the house of the Lord. And um, just amazing to, to say 2023, right at the very start, right at the very outset, as we were praying even this morning, what a, let, us, let us be like a, a prototype of our, of our year, that we would live in worship to God, focused on His Word, and in fellowship with others. Um, that's what we stand for when we come to, to church on a Sunday morning, and let that be uh, how we're going to live through, throughout this year, like we are right at church. So, um, yeah, just a, a, just a privilege to, to be here. Um, just as a side note, we, we're going to be talking about the, the angel's message to the, to the world. And uh, as I was reflecting on it yesterday, I was just wondering, when the angel choirs stood there, how did they sing? We have this idea, it must have been a choir, so they're all like, hallelujah. But maybe it wasn't, you know, that might, it could have been rapping or like rock dancing. Dave would have definitely been doing his chainsawing down the, the, the platform here. Yeah. I don't know how those angels sang, but this morning, as we, as we look at what God wants to say to us for the year ahead, and I, as I was re- reflecting on that, and, and Dave's asked us to, to start a, a, a little series on healing relationships and reconciliation, and, I'm, and as I was praying about that, and, and I looked at a couple of verses in, from, from Paul's letters looking at healing relationships and, and reconciliation, and then as I, just leading up to Christmas and reading the whole Christmas story, I was just blown away by the angel's message that they sang to the shepherds. And I suddenly realized that here we've got this is the, the pinnacle moment in, in history, as it were, and this is the message that was burning on the hearts of the angels at that moment. At the birth of Christ, at Christmas time, the angels and all of heaven are, are burning with a message. And they, as the, as the archangel Gabriel speaks to the, the shepherds and he, he speaks to them, and he's delivered that, that first message. Then suddenly the whole heavenly host, all these angels, they can't contain this message any longer. And they burst out in song. Whatever kind of song it was, they burst it out. And they're saying, here's the message for the world at this pinnacle moment in time. And I kind of thought, well, if we're going to start our year in church, what a better message to hear than This is it. This is the burning in the hearts of the angels. This is the message they can't contain. Wow, it's got to get out there. Let's look at that message today. Let's see what was that message that just burst out in song from them at that moment of speaking to the shepherds. And so that's the text that we're going to be digging into. And we're going to be seeing how it applies to our lives and to our church with regards to reconciliation and peace and healing relationships. So if you've got your Bibles with you, we're in Luke chapter 2. And um, I'll read from verse 8. It just gives us the context. And then we'll get to the song of the angels in verse 13 and 14. 
Luke chapter 2, and it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord, Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host, all these angels, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, and this is their message to the world, glory to God in the highest, on the earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And then the angels left them. And when they had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So in today's world, where there is so much negativity, so much heartache, so, much, so many broken relationships, so much moaning and groaning, ah, ESCOM can't do this. Oh, my boss can't do that. Oh, my child is just, there's just mm, stuff that goes wrong. There's no peace. There's no joy. People are grumpy. People are sad. It's been a tough year. I was reflecting now. This time last year, we, as we sat in church, we were wearing masks in the middle of the fourth wave of COVID. Now we sit here free. God has been good to us. But there is so much, there's sickness and difficulty. How do we, how do we go about that? Where's our joy? Where's our peace? Where's that interrelational? Why can't we look at others in the eye, look at them in the eye and say, good, blessing, great. Surely that's the message that we want. And that's what we're going to see is God's message to the world through the angels here. So if we unpack the message of the angels, the first thing that we see, the first thing that they say, the first thing that burning in their hearts is glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. The first thing that they can say and as they bring a message to the world is God must be glorified. And, we, and there's, there's two elements to this. First of all, we we worship God because he deserves the glory, okay? He deserves the glory. He is God, and therefore we must worship him as God. If we worship anything else, it is an idol. God in himself worships himself. He says he must be worshipped, because if there was anything else to be worshipped, then that would be God. But God says, there is nothing greater than me. And so we worship God simply because of who he is as God, supreme. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, and everything that we need. But there's more to that. We don't just worship God because he deserves to be worshipped. We worship God because we delight in him. We've got to enjoy God because we worship God. Whatever we enjoy. 
Christmas meal, yum, yum, yum. Ooh, this trifle is delicious. Who made it? It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Look at the colors. We're not worshiping it as God, but we're worshiping it. Why? Because we're enjoying it. Ah, this life. This is the life. Feet up at the beach, waves, kids playing. Ah, this is magical. We love this. This is good. This is great. We worship that moment on the beach, not as God, but because we're delighting in it. We're telling others about it. We're telling others how, about, how wonderful it is. Take a selfie. Show the world how much I'm enjoying my life. Why? Because you're enjoying it. You're worshiping that moment, not as God. You're worshiping it because you're delighting in it. And whatever we delight in, we will worship. And the, the thing we need to realize is God is so delightful. It is right and good to delight in God because when you delight in God, you will worship Him and you will bring Him the glory that is due to His name. You see, God is His character. You cannot split God's character from, from what He is and, and who He is and what He does. God is love. God is peace. God is joy. And as we enjoy God's love in our life, as we enjoy His provision, God is provider, Jehovah Jireh. He is that. He, he cannot be anything else. And so as we enjoy the things that God does in this world, we are, we are supposed to enjoy who He is as those things. And as we delight in those things, we worship God. And so it's really important to recognize that we need to be worshiping God if we're going to be living right. Because when we worship God, it positions us correctly. God and me. When we cannot be thankful for what we have, when we cannot see the character of God in what he's doing, if we're just looking for the gifts and not the giver, we are elevating ourselves to the places where we want and we need, and it becomes a thing of self and sin rather than the glory of God. And so it's, it's crucial that as we look at the message of those angels, that we recognize we have to live in a place of worship because it puts us in the right place to live right. Puts God up and it puts me in my place. It fills me with joy because I get to delight in God and it positions me to live well in the year ahead. So the message from the angels, glory to God in the highest. Step number one. Step number two. And on earth, peace to men. Wow. Don't we need some more of that? Don't we need a little bit more peace to mankind? Less grumping at the robots because he took too long. Less whinging and moaning about what didn't go right at work about that person who didn't do what they needed to do, moaning about that thing that went wrong, that child that dropped the... <sighs> Wish we could live with a little bit more peace. 
Jesus promises peace. In John 14, he said, Peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, Present your request to God, and the peace which transcends all understanding, that means it's bigger than what you can understand it, okay? It's like a spiritual, godly kind of peace. I'm not even going to try and explain it, but there's a kind of peace out there that's really good, okay? Really good. That's, that's the peace that God offers us. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. So, in order for us to understand this peace with God and peace on earth, we need to realize that right here in this text, the first peace that's coming is the gift of God through Jesus Christ. The fact that we get to have peace with God because our sin has been forgiven. Jesus brought peace. He, Isaiah, when he's prophesying about the, the, the coming Messiah, speaks about him as the Prince of Peace who's going to come and bring peace to the world. Why? Because in our sinful state before Christ, we were enemies of God. Enemies, that's war. There's no peace in war. There's no peace with enemies. We were enemies of God. Our sin separated us. It made everything that we did repulsive to him. But Christ came. He died on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins. He has justified us just as if you'd never sinned. He has made peace with each and every person who puts their faith in God. We have peace with God. We have right relationship with God. And God the Father sees us with the righteousness of Christ. So right there and then, we need to understand that we have peace with God. But there's more than that. When we have peace with God, and God gives us His peace, it's to pass that peace on to the world. God's peace comes to you, and from us, as believers, it goes to the world. And Jesus is very clear on that. If we read in Matthew chapter 18, he, he's very clear on it. Um, Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, listen to what Jesus talks about passing on the peace and the forgiveness. Peter comes to him and says, Lord, how many times... Should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Seven times? Jesus says 77 times. And then he tells a parable. And I'm going to read the parable just as Jesus says it. Because these are Jesus' words about passing on the peace that you have received. He says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, my kingdom, God's kingdom, the place where we live, the kingdom we meant to be passing on, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents. It's really funny. The footnote in the Bible, bottom of the Bible says millions of dollars. Yeah? Millions of dollars. Debt beyond. It was brought to the king. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that the servant and his wife and his children 
and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him and said, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Funny, he didn't even ask for forgiveness. He actually still thought he could pay it back. He couldn't even, even realize that he was in trouble. He, he thought he could still do it. And the servant's master took pity on him. He knew he was never going to do that. And he canceled the debt and let him go. Your sin has been forgiven. What made you enemies with God is gone. Your debt has been forgiven. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. The footnote says a few dollars. Okay, not that much, although dollars in uh, these days account for a little bit. And he grabbed, uh, he owed him a few hundred denarii and uh, grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, the servant demanded to the fellow servant. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they went greatly distressed to their master and told him everything that had happened. The master called the servant in and said, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Not just sit in jail, not just pay it back, actually be tortured. Then he got off worse. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Peace from God to me and you. Peace to mankind that flows from us. Peace from God, peace to man. We have received boundless peace, unlimited peace. But yet we struggle to give it out. We don't want to forgive that one. We don't want to live in joy with that one. We want to lord it over someone else. Why? Why? Because we like, we are easy, we are more satisfied with being judgmental and building ourselves up and being better than someone else because I got it right and you got it wrong and you made the mistake. So I am the boss in this situation. And we take more pleasure out of that than the pleasure of living in peace with God and peace with man. We call it the Yabat syndrome. Now, Yabat, yeah, Yabat. Yabat sounds like it's a Jewish thing that Jesus is going to explain. No, no, it's a South African thing. Yabat. You know, you should forgive that guy. Yabat, do you know what he did to me? You know, it wasn't actually such a big thing. I think you should let it go. 
yeah, you are right, but if you understood the way they spoke to me, then I actually can remain justified in what I'm saying. Okay? And we live our lives knowing the truth, yeah, but. Okay? And we justify why we, we can rather, why it's better for me to point out specks in your eyes and not look at the log in my own eye. Why it's better to judge others and to lord it over others. Because it makes me feel superior. It makes me feel righteous when I can see your sin. It makes me feel good because I didn't do that. Ah, bad person you, good person me. And we, and we, so we, we, we choose this whole thing. We choose not to forgive. We choose not to give peace. But Jesus has told us, you have received the peace. As a believer in Christ, you have received boundless, limitless peace. And the message from the angels is peace to earth, to all mankind. And it's us who need to be passing that on. That's where the joy in life comes from. Why? Because God is a God of peace. As you give peace, you experience the God of peace. You then delight in the God of peace. You glorify that God of peace. You live in a place of joy unending. How sad that we are so easily satisfied with other things. When we have the great, glorious God to enjoy, but yet we want to be that place of God and point out things. Let it not be like that. So, the message of the angels. Glory to God in the highest. Peace to mankind on earth. Peace on earth to man on whom his favor rests. On whom his favor rests. The, the King James Version says, and that's the ones we always sing in the Christmas carols, peace to earth and goodwill to mankind. Favor, goodwill, is what God lavishes on us. It's not peace on earth to God's favorite ones. It's peace on earth, on mankind, on whom God's favor rests. God's favor is lavished upon you. It's the unmerited gift that God has lavished upon all mankind in sending Christ, on whom his favor rests, speaks of God's grace that he chose to give peace to mankind. Unmerited. You didn't deserve it, but God in his love, and he looked at us and he so delighted in us that he, he chose to bring peace to the earth through Christ. That's what it means when it says, on whom his favor rests. It's, it speaks of God's wonderful, overflowing, generous love that just poured out. We often like to see God's grace as, sure, I must have been actually quite good that God would give me grace. Okay? 
But the thing with grace is this. Grace says more about the giver than the receiver. Because anyone who can lavish grace on their enemies, wow, those must be good enemies. No, there must be a good God. Okay? And somehow we, we get our minds wrapped up in this thing of like, I must have actually been quite a good bad guy for God to still love me. Guys, no. Grace says God has put his favor on you unmerited. And if we look at this whole thing of peaceful relationships and reconciliation, this is where we see that God has blessed us. He has blessed you this year to be the one who passes on peace to that person who irritates you. You have the, the God, because, because and this is where, where God has, has shown us that there is the greatest delight is to lavish love on people. Because when God sent Christ, he did it for the joy of him, of, for himself. He, he loved to lavish grace on us. It delighted him to reach out to us. He didn't do it because he had to. There was no duty. It was pure delight when God reached out to us. Pure delight. And God has shown us that to reach out in grace is the greatest joy there is. You have the opportunity this year to reach out in peace in every circumstance. You have the opportunity to make, take that first step across the room, to stretch out that hand and make peace and bring peace. Why? Because you have peace. And it is always for the glory of God, which is our greatest delight. And if we can live like that, we will live differently in 2023. So, the message of the angels to the world that was burning within them, glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace to men, and from men to men, peace, let it rain, let it go. Let there not be moaning and whinging and fighting and squabbling. Let there not be broken relationships. Because my children, God's children, are, understand grace and understand that there is no greater joy than to run across the room and in grace to offer peace to those around them. And so wherever it, it applies in your lives, it, there might be things even right now that you, where you're going, you know what? I'm living in animosity between myself and another person. There's some kind of grumpiness. I need to reach out in peace. Maybe it's just a, a thing in your heart against your work situation, government, municipals, whatever. You're living with an uneasy, disgruntled, grumpy attitude. Church, 
We have peace. Let us pass the peace on. Let us be the first ones to take that step for the delight and the glory of God. It was the message of the angels in the beginning, and I truly believe that as a church, it's the message that we should be living out and hearing in 2023. Let's pray together. Worship team, you guys can come forward. We're going to just close with a song after that. Father God, thank you that you don't change, that the message you gave to the world 2,000 years ago is the same message we need to hear today. It's as relevant as it was then to the shepherds as it is to your church today. And God, we, we recognize that in our sinfulness, it's not easy but we know that this, to live in this way, is so freeing. It's so delightful. Grant us your strength, I pray, Lord Jesus. Grant us your strength that we can live victoriously in this way. Amen. We're going to close with a song. And uh, I want to encourage you, take some time in the song to reflect on how you would take these truths to apply in your life. What people in your life do you need to send this to? Do you need to walk this out with? Is there someone who you need to go and reach out to? And just allow God to stir up the faith. We'll know what we're meant to do, but it's not easy because we, 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 we don't trust it. But allow God to, to stir up that faith within you, the strength to do that as you worship God together. Thank you, worship team.